Welcome back to WNGS Radio. I am your host, Dion DeGennaro, and I'm sitting here with Andrew Good. Hello. And um, if you listen to episode two, we kind of interviewed Andrew, and he talked about his soccer history, his Detroit City FC history, and kind of what he does, what he writes. And um, because there's so much to talk about, we split up the episodes into two parts. So episode three we are going to talk about NASL apocalypse or the injunction or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. There's so many different pieces to this puzzle. The great burning of the American soccer landscape. <laughs> the great burning of the American soccer landscape. Um, so there's a lot of things going on, a lot of things that can happen. And we're going to try to uh, clear things up and make it a little bit easier to understand what's going on and what all of that means for Detroit City FC and why you might need to care about it, you might not. Um, but it's at least helps to maybe understand what's going on. Um, so where to begin? Um, Do you want to break it down for us exactly <laughs> what's going to happen? Yeah, so let's talk about what the lawsuit is first. Um, the, N- the NASL which is the second division in the United States, second division of soccer. Well, actually, currently right now, it's nothing. Yeah. (laughs) There's no sanctioning on it whatsoever. They did not get Division II sanctioning, and they did not apply for Division III sanctioning. So right now, they are kind of in, like... Purgatory. Purgatory, yeah, soccer purgatory. (laughs) Um, So the NASL is suing the United States Soccer Federation, which is the governing body of soccer in the United States. They handle sanctioning. They handle uh, the national team. Um, There's disagreements about what they do and don't handle, and nothing is really clear about who controls what. It's a little shady. There's not a lot of transparency um, on what exactly the United States Soccer Federation does. Um... So we can only guess as to what that is based on kind of what's come out in the last couple months. Um, But the NASL is um, suing the United States Soccer Federation. Um, What I'm going to do is uh, I'm just going to read the press release. And then after I finish reading it, I will break it down. Um, So the NASL's complaint alleges that the Uh, Federation has violated federal antitrust laws through its anti-competitive division structure that divides men's professional soccer in uh, U.S.-based leagues based on arbitrary criteria that the Federation has manipulated uh, to favor Major League Soccer, uh, Division I, um, which is the commercial business partner of the United States Soccer Federation. Uh, those business arrangements include a multi-million dollar media and marketing contract with another entity called um, Soccer United Marketing, or some. Um, MLS's marketing arm uh, also jointly sells and markets the MLS TV rights combined with the rights of the U.S. men's uh, and women's national soccer teams which is operated by the Federation. So you have a private business entity that has joint marketing and media broadcast deals with the Federation. 
So NASL's complaint alleges that the Federation has selectively applied and waived its divisional criteria to suppress competition from NASL and um, other leagues kind of feel that way too. Um, I think NPSL like thinks that there's collusion between USL and mm-hmm. them poaching teams uh, to the PDL. But um, they, so NASL alleges that the Federation is suppressing competition um, against MLS and USL, which is, an, an, it was D3, but now it's D2. Um, and they, I believe they still have to apply for D2 this year. Yeah, because they had some waivers last year yeah, okay. also. So USL, which is an entirely separate league, um, has to apply. And they have not yet, or there's not been a ruling on their them yet. And I think, honestly, that's probably because this lawsuit, they're probably waiting. Everybody's waiting to see what happens, yeah, where exactly. it all should go. Um, so then they give an example. Um, NASL says that under the... Uh, current divisional criteria from the federation Um, there are european clubs that have successfully operated for decades that would be considered ineligible for division one or division two in the united states due to arbitrary requirements like stadium capacity and market size Mm -hmm. Um, i know that there's some people that disagree with that and say oh well there's um like divisional criteria in international leagues which there are um, there's like standards in leagues across the world for right. stadium sizes. Yeah, and you have the, like the UEFA star system for their, which stadiums can host yeah. Champions League yeah, exactly. finals or whatever. So there's definitely still criteria. Um, it's not correct to assume that the, like other leagues around the world don't have criteria, but NASL's point still stands that there's um, definitely some teams in Europe that would not be considered D2 or D1 based on their stadiums or or ownership requirements, definitely. Um, Their complaint also alleges that the Federation sought to limit competition from the NASL to MLS and USL, and now they seek to destroy the NASL by arbitrarily arbitrarily invoking um, NASL's Division II status for 2018. And this complaint only seeks injunctive relief against the Federation's conduct regarding its divisional designations. So, what the fuck does that all mean? (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm not an expert in law. I probably won't even pretend to be an expert in law, but um, I am okay at breaking it down and kind of making it easier to um, understand. Uh, So... What is trying? What is going to be happening um, when you're probably listening to this, which is Halloween 2017? Um, there's a lot of people that are going to want to know what's going on because that is basically D-Day for NASL right now. Um, there is a lawsuit that NASL is trying to make it so the United States Soccer Federation doesn't have control over divisional sanctioning in the United States. They don't believe in the standards that um, were set in 2014. Um, I could probably tweet a link of that if Mm -hmm. you guys want to read it. But there's all different guidelines, I believe, from D1 to D3 for men and women in there. And it sets 
ownership requirements and stadium sizes and sports bonds and just like time you have to have one team in each time zone for yeah certain, yeah and then yeah. for like leagues there's you have to have x number of teams in certain time zones I'm, i don't really remember what they are and it is not entirely relevant mm-hmm. other than nasl does not meet those requirements they don't have all the required teams that's all that really matters um i guess one thing they're arguing is like hey we didn't meet some of these requirements last year and you kind of let us yeah, go and so now we're working towards meeting those criteria and you just kind of pull the rug out from under us yeah so, so that's that's their big thing that they're saying is um you know they're they're saying that they're still working towards bringing teams in and proper time zones so they get all the minimum criteria for d2 without waivers um but when they applied it like they didn't have a plan and then some like recently after the lawsuit was filed and and between the injunction like between now and and i think the lawsuit was filed in september there's like oh well there could be like potentially nine to ten new teams that we didn't mention before which we'll get into but yeah so like that kind of was like okay um so they don't want the federation to have control over division sanctioning but the big thing for them is they said if there isn't an injunction or if the court doesn't rule an emergency and injunction which means like the court decides hey ussf doesn't have the right to take away d2 sanctioning from them basically all nasl is trying to do is compete in d2 for 2018 Mm -hmm. i do believe that um the lawsuit they they want to kind of take it to the end if it does get to that point because there's a lot of evidence that they don't have right now that if it does go to court there will be like discovery which is where they look for evidence and submit evidence and they subpoena um paperwork and all the juicy stuff that everyone really wants to know from ussf and mls um if it gets to that point, there would be a discovery phase and all this information would then be publicly available is my understanding. And so, um, in the meantime, in order to compete next year, the, um, lawsuit is asking that the court temporarily allow an ASL to be D2, um, for 2018. That was my understanding as well. Yeah. So, um, that's like a a big they oh and so the big kicker is if they don't get that injunction they've said that the league will likely fold um, the right. teams in it there if they don't have divisional two sanctioning there is no penalty for the teams that are in the league to leave mm-hmm. and so they believe that the teams that are left would all leave to go to different especially leagues. several of the league executives said they don't have any interest in going to D three exactly so there's a lot of um, owners in the NASL that don't want to play D3. They said that um, their sponsorships and their their budget and everything, it doesn't make sense to play in D3. They have to have a D2 designation. My opinion is that it doesn't really matter what league you're in. You're still competing. Yeah, exactly. Who gives a shit? So, okay, if they want to allege that, that's their position, but I don't think that that matters, um, in my opinion. so let's talk about um, what happens in the potential outcomes of what happens on this injunction hearing on October 31st. Um, there's so you want to talk first about what if it gets upheld and NASL is allowed to compete? Yeah, so let's, 
that's that's a good place to start because there's quite a bit to talk about there. Um, so if the injunction does pass, they um, NASL has said they are ready to play in 2018, and there was some leaked information that mentioned a bunch of new teams that could potentially play in 2018. And the circumstances in which they get to the league is kind of interesting and unusual. Um, I forgot who who leaked it first. I think it was Sock Takes leaked it first. I think so, too. Um, or didn't leak it, but just reported on it, that there was going to be uh, potentially six NPSL teams joining the NASL for 2018. Um, and so that list of teams was... Uh, Boca Raton FC, Boston City FC, Detroit City FC, which prior to that reporting, it was kind of already rumored. I guess, wait, Detroit City was named in the lawsuit as starting for 2018 as well. Mm -hmm. So it was already out there that Detroit City was planning on joining the league. Um, but further information came out and more things came out that kind of, like, I, I believed it in the lawsuit because it's a lawsuit, right. but... There's like multiple places that are saying that DCFC was going to join NASL in 2018. Um, so yeah, there's Detroit City FC, FC Arizona. Um, and I don't know if Hartford City was included in it or if it was just Hartford. Um, I think they later came out and said that they were for sure the one that was going to join NASL. Um, then there's the New Orleans Jesters, which... Um, their plan wasn't to start in 2018, but 2019. And uh, the final team was Virginia Beach City FC. Now that's more than six teams. That's seven teams. Mm -hmm. And I don't know which which of the six there were and which was the seventh one added in later. Uh, but then like, I think it was like two days later, right after the sock takes thing came out, Midfield Press came out with like another bombshell. And their thing... Uh, that they reported on was um, that NASL owners were going to be fronting the cash for these NPSL teams, which is uh, pretty crazy. Um, and also, it's kind of not allowed. <laughs> but yeah. but if they it's get MLS 1.0, yeah, kind of feel it's like it. it's definitely feels like how there was multiple um, like owners owned multiple teams in mm -hmm. the first like generation of mls and then so now 20 years later we're like oh they did so much for the league we can't have <laughs> pro rail or anything like that because yeah because they're because their investments or something like they did that. something 20 years ago yeah um so it kind of looks like nasl is copying that idea um but the the current like divisional standards don't allow for that mm -hmm. But the, the assumption of everywhere I've read is saying that if they get that injunction, they're, they're operating in a way that assumes they'll win the lawsuit. So the divisional standards won't matter anyway. <laughs> so they're as gonna... much as I want to root for them, it seems like they don't just, really have it together. It doesn't. I yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really tough to say, you know, is this, is this the right direction that, you know, Detroit City should head? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Do you I want to... Yet. Just, just for argument's sake, let's say the NASLs will compete next year. Yeah. Do you want to jump to that league, and then you don't have any idea if it'll be around in a year? I mean, my opinion is 
we should try to get as high as we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and cause we definitely still have like, th- like this MLS, uh, elephant in the room right. that we have to deal with. Yeah. Um, so I think trying to get as high as we can to potentially compete with that is good. And I think if NASL does say it, they play in 2018 and then there's more bullshit for 2019, mm-hmm. um, I think we'll be welcome wherever. Right. <laughs> so if the league does fold, I think we would, like, selfishly, I think we would be a catch for any league. So I, I don't think we have to worry about our team folding Yeah, I agree with that. I think you just got to you gotta go for it. Yeah. Because you've, we've been NPSL for six years the entire time five years i, I kind of feel like we've reached the limits of our growth yeah here yeah and you just gotta keep growing if you want to compete with if there's an mls team coming to town you want to yeah. get as big as you can before it happens so you can get that head start kill the baby in its crib <laughs> <laughs> have ten thousand people coming to our games and eight thousand people coming to their game that would be awesome like the pistons yeah <laughs> So there would be um, three different owners in the NASL that would be, I guess, funding the jump. Um, And so each owner is allegedly going to be funding two teams each in addition to their own teams. There's no information on who's funding what. None of that's really publicly available yet. Um, And also it's interesting to note that the list of uh, NPSL teams is seven teams, and the list of owners um, funding NPSL teams, there's only six. So there's one team out of that seven that's going to have an outside investor an outside if investor. they make the jump. Exactly. And so, I mean, the, the potential is there that it, that's Detroit City FC. And I think someone asked us a question mm-hmm. um, about that. Um, JX or JAX, NGS, um, at JYAX82 asked, if the injunction is granted and City goes NASL, will the investment needed come from one of the NASL owners or someone else? Um, so again, like... I think the answer is we don't know. We don't know. Um, I've heard rumors that I don't really feel comfortable like saying publicly, so I, I don't know. Um Based on the information that's publicly available, the potential is that we have an outside investor or one of the NASL owners um, buys into our club. I can tell you my personal preference is that we have not one of the three NASL owners. No? No, I don't. I I would rather have um, like a majority owner that believes in what we're creating Mm -hmm. and wants to continue that versus a billionaire that is trying to save their own investment. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I, could, I was thinking of it another way. I thought maybe because they just want their league to keep going, maybe they'll just front us the cash, let us run it. <laughs> well, yeah, so that's the thing that and you know have you, a hands-on. you could argue too is if, if they do buy in and they're kind of doing it in a way that is a new way, um, they could potentially buy in just front the cash and be like a non-decision making or like a shadow kind of owner and just leave our existing front office in to control the team while they're, you know, the name on the accounting books. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's pretty obvious that, um, 
like the the guys who are buying or going to be fronting the money for these teams are probably not going to be controlling the everyday operations no. of the they're not going to do three teams at once that's no. you you have other people do that that um know the team and know the area and their market and mm-hmm. all that so that is potential but i just again i'd rather have an investor kind of buy into what we're creating versus again someone looking out for their own investments yeah i think that would be best case scenario i guess i would have to see yeah i mean it again it depends who it is and there's so many different factors it, it, it could be a shitty <laughs> it could be a shitty investor but yeah, yeah. i i do have faith in our in our front office they've they've kind of done all the right things up to this point mm-hmm. and i think they're gonna continue that in the future it's it, I, I they they are all like us they just want to have a team for their kids right one day and I have, so i have full confidence that they'll do what do, they think is best yeah exactly so uh, to answer sorry jacks jx i don't i don't know if it's inside or outside and based on what's publicly available um there's i could go either way right um so let's talk about if the nasl doesn't get its injunction. If it all blows up. If it all blows up, and that's the end of the NASL, um, there's a lot of things that could happen. Um, but what what I'll talk about what happens if it doesn't go through. Um, I guess one thing that hasn't really been clear um, in anything that I've read, and, and other than just some tweets here and there from kind of more legal expertise people than me is um, if the NASL does not get its injunction, that does not mean the lawsuit is over. Um, that just means that they don't have D2 sanctioning, but if they wish to continue the lawsuit and fight against the Federation, there's nothing that says they can't. Um, but what is happening is the Federation filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit, and that's on a completely different timeline. I guess, I think they're submitting evidence through, like, the end of December, like like before Christmas, December, I think 22nd was the date of that. So there is a motion to dismiss the case entirely, which will happen regardless if NASL gets the injunction, they still have to go through all those steps. And so, you know, October 31st isn't necessarily the end of it. So or you, NASL. you thought we just had one legal thing to pay attention to. You have no, two. there's like multiple factors in here that kind of matter to the league. Um, so, yeah, so if they, that injunction doesn't pass, the lawsuit could continue. The Federation still could come burning down if there is evidence that they find that there's been collusion. Um, it just doesn't seem like there is. Like, it's all hearsay, and it's all... Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at it and you try to make the connections yourself, it seems like, oh, yeah, this is totally happening. But so far, like, there's not really a clear paper trail of collusion between the Federation and MLS and Soccer United Marketing. And it's just, it's a bummer because you can look at it and read it however many times, but... you From the outside, you can see it looks... It really, really looks like <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, USSF is doing some not so great stuff. But it's one thing to have perception, and it's another thing to prove it in a court of law. Exactly, and so that's kind of what the NASL. That's their biggest problem is is 
having to prove it. <laughs> it sucks because it's this is all happening before the USSF presidential election. Yeah, in oh February. yeah, it's like so casting these huge clouds over so if, many different things. If, going if on. there's a new president coming in, he gets to deal with whatever mess has been made exactly just before he takes office or if nothing changes then it's just going to be more of the same right right so it's kind of shitty either way <laughs> well i'd rather see somebody else i mean yeah i would i would too 100 <laughs> i would totally i'm gladi out all day oh yeah but um it's just it's yeah it's a shitty situation mm-hmm. um so, so, if it, if it, so if if the injunction doesn't happen and there and so NASL is gone, does that mean there's no more D two? Um, no, because USL could be one of those leagues, but there's also NISA, and NISA. Um, you've probably if you follow Detroit City FC, we've talked about it mm-hmm. quite a bit because for a long time there was rumors and speculation that we were going to be joining that league um, from day one. Mm-hmm. And when the teams got announced, there was no Detroit City. And we were like, hmm, that's Yeah, word and word. <laughs> is there another page to that? Exactly. So um, so then it I later came out like, oh, we were shooting for NASL instead. So it kind of seems like our owners had the same idea we did, where we want to talk, like, you want to get as high as you can. And I think our owners are kind of on that wavelength, too. They want to be D2, and they want to fight. MLS or have, you know, a head start on MLS. And, um, for whatever reason in this country, like people care if it's pro soccer and they care which division it is, even though the play across the board is pretty similar Mm -hmm. and it's not like we're watching Barcelona out there. Um, whether it's MLS or D4. Have you seen Atlanta United? (laughs) The best expansion team ever. Yeah. they're, They're actually pretty good this year. Yeah, it's true. Um, but I, that's put that holy on that Argentine coach because he's Argentine. Right. Tata. There you go. But, uh, so hold on. I have to take a drink. Okay. <laughs> Too much talking. Um, so what could happen if the injunction fails is, um, NISA starts in spring 2018. Um, the N the, I'm sorry, the NPS, there's too many fucking acronyms. The NPSL teams that could have potentially went to NASL, you would assume if they could go to NASL, then they could easily kind of fit into a D3. You would think so. NISA, you would think. Um, the question is, is there outside investment to, to make that happen? Um, that's kind of yet to be seen, but, um, uh, let me kind of go over what uh nisa's plans are um i, I went over peter wilt's pro rel paper that he put in midfield press uh i think it was last week or two weeks yeah. ago yeah. um so he he writes about uh nisa's vision and plan and there's a couple bullet points and he says um the plan is to create a new pyramid not connected with MLS or USL. Um, he wants to create an open system of promotion relegation. Um, he, he wants to advocate and push for a minority percentage of fan ownership of clubs in NISA. Um, he's advocating and pushing for academies and links to foreign clubs, so partnerships with 
uh, clubs overseas in advocating and push for training and solidarity payments to youth clubs. So it's basically just this gigantic crowd pleaser league. Yeah, sounds amazing. <laughs> it sounds amazing. <laughs> it's like everything you could possibly want. I'm getting sweaty hearing yeah. about solidarity payments oh, over that, here. That's like that I'm is excited. like low key like the biggest game changer I think for yeah for absolutely. soccer development would be solidarity payments. Just solidarity give them their payments. damn money. Yeah, it's insane that they don't. Do you want to explain what solidarity solidarity payments are if you understand it? At um, all? basically, from my understanding. Uh, if a, let's say just using DeAndre Yedlin as the example that there's the, I don't know if it's a lawsuit or it's just a, his youth club that yeah. developed him. Yeah. They're trying to get money from Tottenham. Who, who he played for. Right. Yeah. So Tottenham would have had to pay his youth club that he developed at right. to, I guess, to acquire him basically. I guess it's for whatever transfer to a... From like a development to a pro to a D one yeah. professional, then they so, they, they owe money to every so youth club he played for along the way. Do you know? Because um, apparently they do still make those payments, but I thought I read somewhere that it goes to the federation. I'm not sure about. Okay. I, I, I know the U.S. system is all different than yeah. European, it de- but... probably depends on like if I think if they go through. Like an MLS academy, the 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 payments go to either the, like the league itself, yeah, that's not that probably not that is. team. Maybe yeah. it's not the federation. Maybe I'm thinking of that. But yeah, so solidarity payments. Is okay, just as an example, like if you're just leaving American the American system aside because it's yeah. really complicated and confusing. <laughs> so if you're a kid in England and you get you play for your local team and then you move up to some academy and then you get transferred to another team, yeah. Some of that money would go to your original youth team, okay. and that gives them the incentive to invest in player development. It allows kids who can't afford to. It kind of pay. eliminates pay to play because everybody talks about getting rid yeah. of pay to play. Well, yeah. somebody has to pay for it. Exactly, and that would be go a long way to solving that problem because they would be getting money coming in from right. from pro clubs to yeah. to pay for players that they've taken from mm-hmm. those academies and the big thing now everybody's talking about the u.s missing the world cup and our player developments yep. behind yep that's a huge way to just people kind res- of fix that problem people respond to incentives <laughs> in every walk well, of not life just people but like organizations yeah, yeah exactly so if you can make money from developing young players yeah. you'll have more of an incentive to do it and, and, and over help. time create better players right. throughout the system yeah absolutely um, so yeah, so that's kind of Nisa's vision. And like I said, it's like, like the crowd pleaser. It's kind of the dream scenario. Um, let's talk about, <laughs> so the, as for, to my knowledge, there's never been in a country two competing pyramids. Have you ever heard of anything like that? Mm, not <laughs> that I'm aware of. Yeah. No. So it's like totally... When I first heard about Nisa in in the spring of this year, even um, to me, right off the bat, it sounded like they were trying to create a new federation. Mm. And all the things that Nisa is trying to do is really what a federation should do. Yeah, <laughs> it shouldn't be on a league to create that environment. You mean it's not about all about making money? No, oh. no, <laughs> it's not. I mean, it it is right now. But it, it doesn't have to be. Um, but yeah, so like kind of when I first heard about Nisa, it really felt like they were trying to 
design a better federation, but disguise it as a league. Mm. And when Peter Welk came out with this second piece, it further like cemented my belief that they're trying to create a separate federation. That's interesting. Yeah. And so then the question becomes, will FIFA recognize it? Right. <laughs> because FIFA has standards of, of things that they require uh, from federations to be a, a member of FIFA. And right now the, even the United States Federation isn't meeting all of those standards. Um, the big one is pro rel. One of the, right. um, like standards for FIFA for federations have to implement pro rel. And there's, if you go on Twitter, people fucking are talking about it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well if, if, if an alternate federation is created, will FIFA recognize the federation that closely adheres to those rules? It'd be kind of, kind of ironic if <laughs> USSF kills NASL for not following all their standards exactly. and then FIFA comes and kills USSF for not following standards. If that, yeah, it's like a super stretch, yeah, but yeah, it, it could happen in this timeline that right. we're in. Right. Um, but I just think, do you trust, so I'm asking you, do you trust FIFA to side with a <laughs> trust do you trust, trust and FIFA, fifa in the same sense yeah do you well. trust fifa to side with a federation that uses the nisa model where it's pro rel and solidarity payments and they're requiring all these things that fifa says they have to require or do you think fifa sides with the united states soccer federation that's kind of been doing it their own way for the last what like 30 years and now he's got all the bureaucrats exactly anyway. has has all the connections in fifa and, and galati's on the whatever committee blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah yeah so do you my answer is no no like i think fifa would just side with ussf day one even if nisa met all their requirements still yeah. just the politics i don't think it would yeah it would, it would go for it so to bring it all back around um peter wilt has said that nisa does plan to adhere to all of the divisional standards set by the United States Soccer Federation. So even if they're not creating a new federation, they're planning to work with the existing federation. It'll be interesting to see wh whoever gets the presidency of USSF, yeah. if his vision aligns with NISA, NISA if they'll or, look more favor favorably on Yeah, that, that's actually, I think, something that's not been talked about if a like lot. A, if Winalda yeah. gets in, yeah. he's said a lot of similar things. Of course, it, that's, again, crowd-pleaser, so oh, yeah. um, they kind of naturally align, so it would be interesting to see if a, a president then aligns with NISA, which is, you know, what, for example, if Winalda does get the presidency... Mm -hmm. I, I think he would, but it's tough to say. He might not be able to. Could he get everybody else to go exactly, along with it? Exactly. Um, so here's another scenario that could happen uh, with NISA and NASL as well. So let's say NASL does not get its injunction and the league folds. Um, NISA could poach those teams. Right. There's like you said, there's no penalty for them leaving. Then. Yeah, so there's no penalty for them leaving. They can kind of go to whatever league they want to, and I think several of them have said they have no interest in joining USL. Yeah, so and I can't blame them personally no. either. Um, so this kind of brings me to uh, another question that was asked, and we're going to talk about 
um, the relationship between NISA and NASL. So Dave asks his uh, his Twitter handle is at ds4dcfc, and he asks, "What is the likelihood of a NISA NASL merger? Would this be a good move as a starting off point, and then build up from there?" I don't think it would be a merger as much as a uh, like a refugee situation. <laughs> uh, I know NISA's original platform they wanted to have, like you said, the new pyramid with. Pro rail between yeah. NPSL. Yeah, part of their NISA and part NASL. of NISA's success is having a D two. Like they have to have that eventually. Yeah. That was part of their original platform was to implement Pro rail, which means you need higher divisions. Yeah. And at at the end of the day, I think that they do eventually. I think Peter Wilt did eventually mention that way in the future there is a plan to apply for like D one sanctioning. Mm-hmm. But the t- I don't know if there's an exact timeline for that. I can't remember off the top of my head. But that it was something that he mentioned was like, if you're going to do pro rel, you have to do it the entire pyramid. Mm-hmm. You have to do it from D1 down to the amateur sides. So so if NASL folds, that kind of throws a wrench in that because all of a sudden there's no top division yeah, exactly. for you to get promoted to. Yeah, so I've heard, I, I can't remember where I first read it. Um. But what could happen is NISA could take the NASL teams and could take the potential NPSL teams that were going to go into NASL for 2018. And there's also the NPSL teams that were just going to join NISA. Exactly, for D3 and and beyond that. But NISA could create a D2 in 2018 Mm -hmm. if they wanted to and if the, the teams were available to do that. Um, and so you could do that, like you said, with, as a refugee type situation yeah. where you're, you're pulling all these teams that don't want to go USL. Um, but the interesting thing about that is a first year D2 league is going to have a lot less restrictions on waivers and divisional standards. There's a lot more leeway right. for them to work with. And the interesting thing that could happen is NISA could potentially start a D2 league in 2018 if an ASL does not get its injunction Yeah, They tomorrow. could just, they could just or, swoop in and yeah. all of a sudden you have another D2. And I got to imagine that those conversations are happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not just us talking about these potential outcomes. I would hope so. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> true. Like, you never know, but you would hope that there, this is all being discussed, but... That's something really interesting that could happen. You could, you could, the Cosmos, uh, Indy, all these teams, Miami Jacksonville, FC. Miami, yeah, all of these teams could be a NISA D2 side in 2018 if NASL does not get their injunction. Mm-hmm. And if, if by some miracle they all meet standards, then the U.S. Soccer Federation, there's nothing they could really do to stop that either. And if they tried to, they would look just incredibly vindictive. Exactly. Yeah. So biased. That is that is a potential outcome that um, I've seen discussed in some places, but it's not been really talked about heavily and by like mainstream people. Yeah. Um, but something that I think is very plausible and interesting, and it would. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my opinion in here. I think that in, would be my best possible outcome. Um, would for Detroit City would mm-hmm. be if somehow NASL does not get its injunction. It sucks to see that league die. It's obviously right. a historic league, and and you don't want teams to fold. And I hope that all the teams that are in it don't fold. Um, 
but I think for Detroit City, I think having a say in, a, in the direction of a league, like NISA, like the, I think the way that's set up is the ownership groups are in charge of the board of the league. Right. It's not a it's not one entity, entity type situation. Yeah. So, you know, if, if your team is in that league, your team has a say in the direction of that league. And I yeah. think that kind of fits in with, again, the whole mentality and ethos of the club is like, we're, we've kind of done it our own way and, and broke ground and done new things. And I think Nisa gives us the best chance to continue that path. Yeah, I think it would be great being able to have like a say in the league from its very inception. Yeah, rather for than sure. have to deal with NASL's baggage and all that. And there's a lot of baggage. Yeah. Um, so, I, like I said, in my best case scenario, we get to play with all the NASL teams, but it's in a brand new league that's structured way differently than a closed system. Mm-hmm. And to me, that sounds great. I agree with that. That, yeah. that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so what if that doesn't happen? Um, just stuck in the NPSL <laughs> for another year. Well, not necessarily. Uh, there's, I, I, there's probably a pretty good chance that we will play an NPSL in 2018, um, regardless of what happens. Um, if there is no, if, if NASL does not get its injunction, right. I really, I think it's a stretch to see NASL or I'm sorry, Again, too many fucking acronyms. <laughs> I think it's a stretch to see Nisa playing spring 2018. Yeah, as we talk right now, they're not even a thing yet. Yeah, they're not they a thing yet. They haven't applied for sanctioning. They're, they not, a, they're not a league. They're not. Right. They have nothing. They're just an idea. They're an point. idea with backroom conversations that have happened. Um, Peter, Peter Wilk tw- tweeted they're going to apply for sanctioning. He said October slash November. This was like back in September. He okay. put it out. So obviously people are kind of waiting to see what happens yeah, to NASL. Pretty much like all Vultures of circling. <laughs> I was going to say, well, that's a great analogy. I was going to say it's like a holding pattern. Yeah. But vultures circling is yeah. also very accurate. Um, so where, where were we at? Um, so yeah, I think it's very, it would be a shock if Nisa played spring of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is very possible that they start fall of 2018 or even... I think they're trying to do like a, a normal soccer schedule. I quote normal the, the European yeah, calendar. European calendar style. So and if it's not that, I think it's spring fall That's maybe. That's the one thing about Winald that I can't agree on. <laughs> I don't want to go sit at keywords in the middle of January. December, I'm yeah, sorry. January. <laughs> Ten degrees. No, it's it sucks on like those early spring matches where you have to like bundle up. It's like if 50, it's raining, yeah. Just fifties, bro. No, so <laughs> The European calendar doesn't work for well, it's, and all it's, of the United States. It's not all Europe. Like Scandinavian countries have, like this, they play this spring yeah, to spring fall. fall. Yeah, yeah there's exactly. no problem with that. I yeah. don't think. So I I don't know off the top of my head which calendar Nisa is going for. I mm-hmm. think it might be the spring fall, mm-hmm. um, which makes more sense in my opinion, and your opinion too. Um, so, at the very least, if if the worst, the worst thing that could happen is we play NPSL, and that's really not even that right. bad. Because Lansing's mean, gone, so Lansing's gone. Honestly, I would have preferred Ann Arbor yeah. to to oh, disappear yeah. off the I'll face take of the earth. Gone, <laughs> but <laughs> Lansing's gone, and they've always been a thorn in our side. Right. Um, one less annoyance. One less annoyance. Uh, Until they 
we haven't seen any news on NPSL expansion. Yeah, true. Yet. So, so you that's never whole, know. That's they, a, that's they could a whole another thing to deal with. Could have a replacement club <laughs> pop up in uh, Jackson or something. Jackson or I've I've heard rumors for like Oakland County can make the jump from the. I don't. PLA. I don't think Oakland County will make the jump. I actually just bumped into the guys, the the co-owners. Yeah, and they're good guys, but I don't think they're making the jump up to the NPSL. Livonia City. Who knows with Livonia City? I I think, I've, it's funny. I've heard rumors of like there being a Flint NPSL team, <laughs> really? and it may or may not be associated with Waza. Oh, <laughs> but I don't know if that's gonna happen or Dom anything would like that. Break out the cleats for the outdoor season. Oh, for sure, he'd be all over that. Um, so yeah, like I said, the the absolute worst thing that could happen um, is we stay in the NPSL for 2018. Uh, at least the spring. Um, if NASL folds, the potential for us to join NISA in fall of 2018 is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, we we might. That, honestly, that'd be pretty cool too. Nope. Get, get one more season in and PSL, and then start something at, after the summer. Yeah, I haven't thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> do you think they could do that, or do you think they would have to kind of ramp up and skip the NPSL season while they get the new roster together? I mean, why wouldn't they get the revenue? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if I think I think it's not playing at all would probably, I guess that could be the worst outcome. Yeah, yeah. is not playing at all right. in in preparation for NISA mm-hmm. in twenty nineteen or fall of twenty eighteen. But no, I think I think it makes sense to just play. Yeah, if probably. You can. Um, so yeah, like you could you, potentially you could play NPSL and then in the fall start. Nisa. That'd be awesome. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's another thing I've heard and thought about. I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so, with that being said, um, I guess the question is but for Nisa, then who yeah. backs the team? Yeah, so again, it, would it be. <laughs> If would it be an outside investor or, yeah. or well at that point it would probably have to be an outside investor. I don't think they and one of the NASL guys would would then front the money because why? Yeah, exactly. Why would they? Yeah. They're not protecting anything more than their own team at that point. No. Um, so it would definitely have to be an outside investment, and I've heard, um, and they've there's been reports on it that they've been working with owner with potential investors. Um, locally, nationally, and internationally. So there's probably people interested in investing, but as far as concrete stuff, the team's been pretty tight-lipped about that. I haven't reached out. I I actually planned on reaching out to them today, but then I didn't. It would have been a good thing to talk about to see if they had had a comment, but my assumption and the reason why I didn't is that it was just going to be no comment. Yeah, Um, I would imagine. At least until the injunction ruling happens. Mm -hmm. And then I think uh, (laughs) there's going to be a lot of news coming out tomorrow and beyond and things changing and investments starting to happen. Um, not just with our club, but across the country. Yeah. It's been quieter than we would have liked to see, but I think after tomorrow or if you're listening to it, it's today (laughs) or if you, (laughs) in the past, if you listen to this in the future, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then we'll start to see a lot more yeah. info and news come out. Yeah, it's it's so it's like it's been actually unusually quiet, other than NASL 
coming out with like new bombshells about uh, USSF dealings and trying to kill yeah. the cosmos and, yeah. and all that. So what do you th- what do you think? What's your gut feeling about the injunction? The injunction? What do you think is going to happen? Um, it. I think they could win the injunction. You do. I think it, it's, there's a chance they get the injunction. Um, if I were to give a percentage, <laughs> I would say 50-50 because mm. I it could really go either way. Really? I've heard people who are well more, well more, much more versed than I am um, in this stuff. I've heard both sides. Mm. I've heard, oh yeah, an ASL will totally get the injunction. And I've heard, oh, well, they're going to have a hard time making a case that there's more evidence. And if they have, if they can't, make a case that there's more potentially more evidence then the court won't give them an injunction. That's kind of where I'm at. I, as much as I would like to see them continue because it's, I mean, whether, whatever you think about yeah. NASL, it's providing a lot of professional playing opportunities for yeah. players, which America there's has very, very limited, very few opportunities, opportunities anyway. Yeah. So yep. that league dying would not be a good thing for nope. U S soccer nope. at all. No, nope. but I just, my gut says they don't quite have enough their evidence stuff together. to to make it make it happen, and so I'll put it maybe sixty forty against sixty four. Okay, sixty forty against is is a good guess. So to sum everything up, um, what, in your opinion, is the ideal outcome of the NASL injunction for DCFC? I think it's like you said. I think it would be have Nisa kind of take the best elements of NASL. Okay. Move it forward with a, a clean slate. Yep. And you could have a fresh name, no baggage, meet all the actual requirements. Yeah. For US soccer, I think the best thing to do would be have NASL continue. Okay. So like I said, there's limited professional opportunities yep. as it is. Yep. And it just it's kind of sucks cuz it it just perception is bad it looks like ussf cares more about their money and their marketing yeah. than actually promoting the game the game and growing the game right maybe even. exactly because you think <laughs> you're trying to develop soccer in this country and you just yeah. missed out on the world cup you think you would be bending over backwards to provide as many professional opportunities yeah. for players to yeah, develop definitely. that you could yeah. but apparently not no Hopefully somebody gets in <laughs> charge who can do that though. That's actually I've never looked at it that way, but it's it's a good point. Like even if you if you don't agree with everything NASL does or or what they say or or um, you think the league is horrible and it should die, there's not other a lot of other opportunities. It's not like we have you know hundreds of D two teams that no. that players could potentially play at. You don't have a robust professional pyramid like most other countries yeah so whenever you have you know potentially what is it six or seven teams now or how many teams does nasl have eight i think eight right now and there's some teams leaving but if you have eight of the you know 35 40 teams folding that are pro Mm -hmm. and not d1 that's a significant chunk of teams yeah, and it's potential what, playing 25 time. players on each team yeah. roughly yeah, times exactly. eight. Yeah. A couple hundred, a couple hundred really good players that are not going to have a place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm sure the best ones will, will be picked up in places, mm-hmm. and I'm sure some of those guys will have to suck it up and go down to a D3 or or wherever else that will they can play at. The Mexican third division. <laughs> the Mexican third division, yeah. Um, so that's so your NISA D2 would be your best for DCFC, but best for U.S. soccer is is right. NASL sticks around, mm-hmm. and then. DCFC join that or or do something different? Uh, I think, yeah. I think you got to go for it. Okay. You got to continue yeah, your I, growth. I agree. If it's there and, and the opportunity is there, you should take it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, if, if it, worst comes to worst, the league folds the following year or two years after, but I don't think... I think we're a prize for whoever for picks sure. us. Absolutely. So I don't think there's a lot for us to worry about finding a place to land Mm -hmm. but since we are talking about mls to detroit and potentially fighting that there's something to be said about giving yourself the best opportunity available if there was no threat of mls hanging over the head then you can maybe sit back and wait for the the ideal situation to arise i I agree 100 percent and and the fact is there's still the chance that (laughs) And we're dealing with an MLS team here as early as 2020. Mm-hmm. And so to have a couple year head start on that and to be able to develop a pro team and to advertise it and to get the word out, because like I said, for whatever reason, like people care about that word, mm-hmm. that word pro. And even to the point that they care if it's D1 or D2, which in my head, like I, who cares? Right. I don't give a shit. I just want to have fun. I just want to have a local club to support and go to and have like a longer season and, and, you know, a team to support. But for some people that that matters. Um, and so we're, we're definitely missing out on, on people where that matters. And my hope is as we attract people to come to these games, we can change that perception Mm -hmm. of what matters um it's not the division it's in or the league, the league they play yeah. in or i would even argue if it's level if it's, of play yeah level of play if it's amateur or pro i i don't think it matters if <laughs> on having a good time and, and having a club it's all right. that matters is that you do have the club so but i go to all the pro teams around town and it's it's not that great yeah i'll tell you <laughs> like, that's, like, a, that's a really good point the tigers games you have music blasting at you between innings you yep. have the annoying blonde lady yelling at you <laughs> with stupid trivia questions yep. it's like this this is it's, okay but it's, it's not it's a totally different. different type of atmosphere you're a paid customer exactly and you don't really have you don't really feel like you're involved or you, you're even cared about as no, a fan you're just you're just a you're there you're wallet. you're paying for entertainment right and that's pretty much all it is when mm-hmm. you when you talk about the different pro sports around here and and i'll tell you definitely like dcfc has ruined other sporting experiences for me like i don't enjoy going to red wings games anymore and i used to go multiple times a year and and it feels really different yeah and i just don't feel i guess i don't feel like i'm getting a good bang for my buck Mm -hmm. because they're super expensive now as well to go to games between ticket prices and parking and concessions. Well, if you go to the Pistons game, you just get it for $2. You know? <laughs> Is that how much the tickets oh, are? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure. I mean, I, so I heard someone got um, first row seats behind the bench 
for 50 bucks. Yeah, my brother said a couple of his friends went to a Pistons game and they already got, they just got like the what, $15, $20 tickets for yeah. the upper bowl. Yeah. And by the end of the game, they were down four rows from the court. Because, <laughs> like, no one gives a shit <laughs> no. when it's that empty. It's like, oh, you better stop them. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it has, it's, it's ruined other sport. There's nothing like it. And, no. And I, and I, I say this all the time. I've been around, I've been to different stadiums around the country. I've been to different soccer games at all levels around the country. You've been to Argentina. I've been to Argentina. And uh, to be fair, Argentina was way better. Oh, yeah. But, okay. but. There's nothing quite like the Detroit City game day experience in the United States, like what we have. And that sounds kind of pompous and arrogant. It does, but, but people it's, who come from out of town say it too. People come from across the world. With Steve say on it. a soccer tour. Yeah, he says. Yeah, very special. Yeah, he said definitely. There's been people that have visited and are, you know, probably not as biased as we are, mm-hmm. um, that have said kind of the same thing. So, it's again all that to me that matters is not the division we play in or or the quality of the players but just that we have this thing and i wouldn't want it to go away so that's that's kind of where i'm at and like i said probably the worst thing that could happen is is we kind of go on hiatus until there's uh nisa if that's the option our owners I can't take. see that would they would allow that to happen. Yeah, yeah I, I really don't either. So, like I said, probably the worst thing that could happen is we play an NPSL for spring of 2018 and then look at our options for potentially fall of 2018 or, mm-hmm. or beyond that. Right. Um, what do you think is the most likely? Honestly, I think that is okay. That's what it is. Stay in MPSL yeah. for uh, I think so. I probably agree with that. Um, if I had to bet right now, probably yeah, what I would bet, on. bet right now before the injunction happens yeah. and, yep. and before all this <laughs> other information. The time of recording that's kind of seems. I'll come back in a week and I'll give a yeah answer. yeah. Well, I can we can uh, Skype you and yeah. and you can chime in and be I like, didn't mean that. I was totally wrong. <laughs> um, now I. My guess is it'll be either we play NPSL spring 2018, NISA fall 2018, or NASL gets an, its injunction. Yeah, I think those are the two. Um, and then from there, if they do get the injunction, it's like I said, stuff's going to start moving really fast because mm-hmm. yeah. they they're, they got to prepare for 2018. There's, there's a lot of shit that needs to get done, a lot of paperwork that needs to get signed a lot of business deals that need to happen when does the nasl season start april if it were to start i think it's i think it's april yeah so you have four months to put together a a full roster and that's not just us but that's you know six six to ten other teams um there's also two other teams that i forgot to mention or three other teams that nasl is going to be allegedly getting in 2018 that are new and it's uh, California United FC, San Diego 1904, which I don't know. Did you hear about the the name, how they got that name? No. <laughs> I guess 1904 is um, like slang for the city, allegedly. Okay. But uh, a lot of people, did you see the movie Anchorman? Yeah. So a lot of people... Uh, jokingly say because in that movie he says like san diego was founded in in 1904 
by the Germans. By the Germans, and yeah. it means whale's vagina. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of people that are going to be calling that team uh, San Diego 1904. They're going to be calling it like whale vagina <laughs> FC because of they think it's like an like an inside Anchorman joke that God their whole like they did a thing. We'll, we'll talk about it on another podcast, yeah. but they did a thing, and it was like. They did like the whole logo name reveal and like oh, yeah, the fifteen bullet points. Yeah, about this. yeah, they did the, the color white stands for the purity <laughs> they, they of did, our. They did, they did something like that, but then they said their name they got from like a friend of the owner, and they were like, "Oh, nineteen oh four is like slang for California or whatever." Or no, it was for the it was um, S is the nineteenth letter of the alphabet, and what? D is the fourth letter. Of the it's alphabet. not the year the city was founded. No, it was founded way before nineteen oh four. What the hell is the point of that? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. So the the reasoning they gave why it's called 1904 is because S is the 19th letter and D is the fourth letter. That's really stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. Whatever. I'm sorry. That's it's, really it's dumb. It's really dumb. And then the final team that NASL said they're getting if they compete in 2018 is an Atlanta team. A team in Atlanta. Yeah, I don't get that. Like, why would you do that? Like, okay. Silverbacks, great brand, good people behind mm-hmm. it, no support, mm-hmm. no community support. I don't know what they did wrong. I, I don't know enough about them to really comment on it. But you have an incredibly successful MLS team there. Yeah. Like, why would you try to fight an already established team that has like broken records and? and... Yeah, it's not just a pro team. It's the the leading attendance team of any. Soccer in, yeah. in the United States, and is it is it also beating most hockey and I was gonna say it's also beating other sports as well, yeah. other than football. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't make sense. So no. I, I hope that that team doesn't pop up. It just seems just, like a bad fit. Yeah, it's not it's not very forward thinking. I don't think. Um, so, yeah. So basically, what we came to the conclusion to is that we have no idea what's gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's still really complicated and we we kind of broke it down very simply um, and didn't go into a lot of detail that in, in theories and, and conspiracy theories I try to avoid that for the most part at least speak somewhat objectively about it I, I definitely side with the NASL in the extent that um, our federation needs major reform mm-hmm. and their course of action right now i think is the best chance we have at that yeah i'm i'm happy they're doing it yeah and so even if they don't get their injunction like i hope they they do go follow keep following through with it and even if that league folds that you know they get to start to subpoena paperwork right and get all that information out there publicly because even though the league might go away that could leave a great legacy like hey you yeah, for sure. That's for some de- definitely real that's that's definitely a good way to look at it. Like, okay, in its dying breath, it pulled NASL. It, <laughs> it was sinking yeah. beneath the waves, and it grabbed the collar of the shirt of the federation <laughs> and just, pulled it yeah, under pulled with it. it. I I think romantically that would be the best way for them to go, yeah. <laughs> and I could totally get behind that. Oh my god! Pull the pin on the hand grenade. Yeah, and smile. just like run in and like hug <laughs> USSF and just yeah, end it. Um, so yeah, I think. That would be awesome, and I, I I think it would be a fitting end to their to that league's legacy. I don't know if that's like insensitive or whatever to the to the fans of that league to say, but 
fuck it, man. Like, we've got to have change. And if... Well, like we say, you shouldn't be fans of the league anyway. You should yeah, be fans no, of the club. I, exactly. Exactly. So the league could go as long as the clubs don't. I worry about the Cosmos. Yeah, it'd be a bummer. Yeah, I'd be, I worry about the Cosmos because they're so intrinsically tied to the idea of NASL. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if Camiso, Rocco Camiso, who's the owner of, of the Cosmos, if he would partner up with Nisa and do D2 because he's kind of the the wild card I think out of them and I don't mm-hmm. know if they would would do that he said if, if his NASL goes and D2 goes Cosmos go like he said that that's part of why they want the injunction mm-hmm. is the the, uh, the irreparable damage of what that would happen or what what that would cause to the Cosmos into the NASL right so anyway um, Andrew it was awesome having yeah, you on here it's fun it was fun um we recorded a lot <laughs> probably yeah. an hour and a half or so of content so i'm glad we broke up those episodes um and it's you know more for people to listen to if they choose to um, which they should which they should because it's gonna be great um so anything else you want to add no i think that's about it i, think- I can't think of anything else to talk about cool so again i know i mentioned it um on episode one but check out andrew's website do you want to give the url for that boysandrouge.com okay cool I'm at boys and rouge on twitter cool and um you're on youtube yes it's boys and rouge yes and you're on facebook yes also boys and rouge yes cool so you got your bases covered there you go so i haven't produced much lately i've been i was kind of burned out at the end of this season but i'm gonna try very to, common yeah very common for all of us horse yeah soon. well there's no shortage of things to talk about and speculate and yeah, it's uh, about to get crazy and it's about to get crazier um so yeah definitely check out his his website and he's a great follow on twitter too if you haven't already highly recommend it and my favorite thing about his stuff is you can go back and you can pretty much read the history of City post by post. That was one of my big goals. So for the new people who are just joining the fan base, yeah, exactly. they can kind of go back and see. There's like a chronicling. Where this stuff came from. They can read about the fire trucks. <laughs> they can read about We love the everything. fire trucks. It yeah. never gets old. They can um, see where all the inside jokes came from. Yeah, so that's, and that's, um, I'll probably do another recording with you, and I know there's a lot of people that have questions about inside jokes. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, so definitely, that I think I want to do with even more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, more people recording, probably four or so. Um, I don't have a timeline when, but definitely kind of going through city history and, and talking the, about the inside lore. jokes. Talking about the lore of the club, yeah. Because that's a big question and a, and a lot of thing that people want to know who are new. Because there's so much. And like, if you haven't been here, it could definitely get confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all the little like memes and inside jokes we there's have. There's still some things I, I don't even understand. <laughs> there's there's some things that I don't even understand. Like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess that's a thing. Okay. And you just roll with it mm-hmm. because that's how we do it. So, all right, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah. Andrew, thank you for coming. Thank you very much for recording. Um, Check us out on iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Leave a rating if you enjoy it. Um, Five stars would be the most helpful. Three is okay. Don't give us a one star.
it's not not I think I think uh, we produce better content than one star. No, for sure. Um, just the audio quality alone should count <laughs> for two stars. At minimum, two stars for sure. And then we are also on Stitcher. Uh, I did get that up and running. Not many people use it as I thought did. It's it's actually like 60% of our listens come from iTunes or Hmm. podcasts, um, which is interesting. Um, So right now, I think we have about 1,000 or so listens um, on the two episodes. And there's seven different countries. Uh, Germany, Japan, United States, United Kingdom, Canada... New Zealand, and I think that's seven. Burkina Faso. <laughs> Burkina Faso. Um, big and, listeners in Ouagadou. Yeah, we're big in Ouagadou. Nice. Um, and then uh, the real thing that got me is there's like 30 different states. Really? That have people that people have listened. That's to. awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. So, thank you everyone for checking it out. And uh, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can tweet at me at the Duke NGS. If you have any questions about Boys and Rouge, tweet at him. Um, do you have an email? Yes. Boys and Rouge at hush.com. There you go. Um, so if you have any questions with him, I know you're you're starting some new projects next year. And Yeah. Um, you want to talk about that at all really quick? Oh, yeah. Okay. Just, uh, we haven't finalized exactly what we're doing, but okay. Robert Sherman's going to be... Fan favorite. Working with me, he's going to be doing a lot of photography, maybe some post-game interviews, some game recaps, that kind of thing. Very cool. So you're just uh, going to have more content, right, for people. That's the to, goal. And that's always the goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's cool. And do you do you ever accept like guest writers or anything like that? Yeah, if it's decent. <laughs> Who decides? Is there is there divisional me. standards for for guest writer? Okay, I just <laughs> read it and if I like it. So you're yeah. you're Gulati of uh, Boys and Rouge, right? Okay, but you know, yeah, for sure. Um, so if you're interested in any of that, I'm sure Andrew would be more than happy to go over stuff and talk to you about potentially guest writing if that's something you're interested in. Um, I don't want to like decide for him, but <laughs> definitely if you're always like. If you like creating content, there's places to put it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's all for me. Thank you for listening, and fuck Ohio. <laughs>